This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read more from my blog at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. You can also find it at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. I read with renewed interest a column in this week's food section by Jan Roberts Dominguez. It was a long time semi-syndicated food columnist in the Pacific Northwest. And she revisits some of the same topics intermittently over the years. People who have read Jan's columns know that she and her family spend a lot of time in outdoor settings, hiking, rafting, wine tasting. <laughs> she she has lots of recipes for things that are portable and um, also can be handled safely without refrigeration. And that was the topic of this week's column, the headline being tips for good eating on the trail. And it was all about backpacking food, acknowledging that there's any number of dehydrated, freeze-dried meals out there for backpackers, but some of her suggestions about how to make them a little bit more appealing to the palate after a long day on the trail, and also sort of her pitch for bringing along some fresh items, even though they're going to add weight to your pack, and you eat them up the first day when your body's still fresh and the food is still fresh, doesn't really need refrigeration. You can pull something right out of the freezer, toss it in your pack, and by the time you're at your destination, it will have just thawed. And she used a salmon fillet as an example for that. She also gave some directions for a salad that she likes to eat on the trail, a salad of fresh vegetables. I was going to add some suggestions of my own since going on one of my first backcountry trips several months ago. And I had read about preparing backpacking food over the years. I'd even written a story back in July 2009 about a cooking class that was being offered at the Southern Oregon Research and Extension Center on preparing food for the trail. And Master Food Preservers took their information from some popular sources, including a book titled Backpack Gourmet by Linda Frederick Yaffe. And I'll share a recipe from that story that ran in the Wednesday, July 1st, 2009 edition of the Mail Tribune, the a la carte food section. But first, I'll talk a little bit about some of the things that I discovered sort of through trial and error and just a, a little bit of sort of thinking logically about how to pack foods that are nourishing and still tasty, will keep for several days without refrigeration, um, and are, are simple, you know, simple to put together. They don't take any special equipment or any special know-how. And of course, the first rule of thumb is that Ziploc bags are the backpacker's friend. I packed extra Ziploc bags in case of any sort of need that might arise. And I ended up using 
several Ziploc bags just for random things. But of course, packed my meals that I intended to prepare just over a little camping fuel um, pod with just by adding water. And one of those was just a nice hearty breakfast cereal. Of course, these are a dime a dozen. You can buy any kind of hot cereal mix that offers a variety of whole grains. But I used one that I particularly like prepared as a muesli, which simply involves pouring dairy product over it. Whole milk, half and half, heavy whipping cream is great. And covering that and letting it sit overnight in the refrigerator so the cereal absorbs all of that dairy product and you just end up with a very thick porridge, um, almost a cross between like a pudding and a porridge. And I thought that the mixture would be great, just served, prepared and served as a hot cereal. And, And the first rule of thumb, of course, is measuring accurately so you know exactly how much is in that Ziploc bag and how much water you need to add. Because you're going to dump the whole Ziploc bag. The idea is that all of the flavoring agents that you need are in the bag with it. And you're just going to pour it into your pot or cooking receptacle. I happen to have like a little a jet boil system that, again, just uses a little camping fuel cartridge and it almost like is a mug you can eat out of as well. Very simply, when you measure your ingredients, you note on the bag in Sharpie how much water to add. And that just ensures that, you know, there's no guesswork and you're, you get a kind of substandard product or it takes longer to cook than you thought it would. So back to the hot cereal, I like to combine equal parts rolled oats and rolled barley in my cereal. A good, about a quarter cup chia seeds, I would say, which are offer a nice little protein boost and are texturally kind of interesting in something like this. I like to add a quarter cup of dried currants to this mixture. You can also use raisins or cranberries or dried cherries. All of those are, are really delicious. And I also like to add coconut. And if you toast it ahead of time, it gives it a little bit more flavor. And that's, again, about a quarter cup coconut flakes, unsweetened coconut flakes, toasted or untoasted, depending on how much effort on the front end you want to put into this. So one serving, and you don't want to go skimpy for a backpacking meal because you're expending a lot of energy. You need that calorie replacement. But the general rule of thumb is that a half a cup of cooked grain is a serving. Double that quantity once it absorbs water. So you end up with a cup of cooked mixture and that's enough for two people. Of course, I am only factoring in the barley and the oats for that. And then so then that's where the extra calorie replacement comes from. You have a quarter cup of rolled oats, a quarter cup of rolled barley, and then you add in, of course, your quarter cup of chia seeds, as I mentioned, your quarter cup of dried fruit, and your quarter cup of toasted coconut. And you you end up in the end with a larger quantity than just the basic 
ratio for one person. That's a really, really delicious cereal. You know, it gets some extra fat from the coconut, some extra protein from the chia, as I mentioned. And you also want to make sure that you add your sweetener to the bag as well. About a tablespoon, I think, of um, like Demamera raw sugar crystals is what I like to use for this. And about um, a quarter to a half teaspoon salt because I think hot cereal, particularly with dried fruit, is always better with just a little tiny bit of salt. So that was the first meal that I did that I was really happy with and super easy and lightweight to carry on the trail. Again, entirely assembled and um, transported in a Ziploc bag. The next one was a lentil stew for dinner. This was simply pink lentils. The same rule of thumb as far as quantities go applies to lentils and beans as it does to grains. So you're looking at about a half a cup cooked per person. I think I actually did double this in this case because end of a long day, you're going to be really hungry. And I wasn't adding so many other ingredients. Very simply, the pink lentils. I added to that some sun-dried tomatoes, the truly dried ones you get in the package, not oil-packed, of course. You're wanting this to all be dry, shelf-stable. I think I chopped up um, about enough to measure a couple tablespoons. And some dried chilies as well. And again, it depends on your preference for spice. But um, I think like one kind of dried chili pod was all that I really needed for this. It was probably a medium heat chili. I also added to that garlic powder, onion powder, salt, about a teaspoon because lentils, or, or even up to two teaspoons because lentils do take a lot of salt. I was planning on adding another salty component, which I'll mention here in a minute. But um, you know, teaspoon to two teaspoons salt for sure smoked paprika really, really intensified the flavor of this, just gave it an amazing flavor. And because this was sort of, in my mind, a Middle Eastern tasting dish, I also added some ground sumac, which is common, fairly common in Middle Eastern cuisine. And I just happened to keep on hand that, let's say, maybe half a teaspoon. Certainly freshly ground black pepper. If you use dehydrated onion, if you use dehydrated garlic in your cooking, usually those are also great substitutions here. But in I don't have those on hand in my kitchen, so I just reached for what I had in the pantry. Again, the key with this one sort of being that smoked paprika, which I think really elevated it. Lentils take somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half to, to three. Sometimes you just have to taste and adjust depending on the age of the legume. But again, note that on the outside of the Ziploc bag, that for the half cup of lentil mixture or a cup, you know, if you're going to be generous with your portion, it's either going to be, you know, one and a half cups water or up to almost three cups of water, depending on 
the servings. You can make these in larger batches as well. Of course, you're probably just limited by the size of your cooking vessel when you go backpacking. Certainly, it's also handy to have these packaged in one to two person servings if you are going with a group and everyone kind of has their own cooking vessel as well. What made that stew really, really special and which I was willing to carry around a little bit of weight, as Jan mentions in her column, was some oil preserved feta cheese. So feta cheese cubes covered in oil. Under those kinds of conditions, food will keep a lot more readily out of refrigeration within reason. I mean, we're talking a couple of days here, not perpetually. I mean, this is a product that ideally should be kept under refrigeration. But the lentils were a meal that we're going to eat the first night. And so I brought this, I think it was a lemon zest and chili. So kind of like built off of the dried chili I put in the lentils, flavored feta packed in oil. And of course the oil, we used the oil, added some extra fat and calories, which are just delicious, as well as fresh herbs, which I brought with me, fresh parsley, fresh mint, fresh chives, they're such a tiny addition as far as weight goes. I mean, just almost inconsequential. Again, in a Ziploc bag, they will keep for several days out of refrigeration. They, there's no food safety issue, of course. And as far as fresh, freshness goes, if you pick right out of your herb garden um, or you know, buy a really good quality product, but certainly if you grow it yourself and you pick it, it is going to keep for several days. I would advocate that hands down as the number one thing that's really going to elevate the flavor profile of essentially dry goods staples that you're packing for a backpacking trip is a really nice handful of fresh herbs. And say you don't bring a lot of kitchen equipment with you, a lot of these herbs can just be torn roughly with your fingertips, certainly mint, certainly parsley. They don't need to be finely chopped with a knife. Of course, a lot of multi-tools, Swiss Army knife will have a little pair of scissors or shears are great for chives. But yeah, there's there's no need to even worry so much about chopping these. And those were my two backpacking meals that I would definitely prepare again. They're really well received, really, really delicious. To those, I added some nice vacuum sealed packages of really, really thinly sliced, all natural kind of aged Italian deli meat. When a meat is actually preserved by fermentation, like a lot of traditional Italian style meats, French charcuterie are they don't need to be refrigerated, actually. They're basically shelf-stable. And you'll find dry sausages, so prosetta and chorizo hanging, you know, on shelves in the supermarket. Those are ideal, ideal backpacking fare. Smoked salmon, even though it is very, very often kept in the refrigerator section, vacuum-sealed, it is perfectly safe, certainly for a day, and it'll say right on the package if it actually needs to be refrigerated or if it is safe to store at room temperature. Of course, there are all kinds of 
efficiency food options. Jan mentioned this in her column that are packed in foil pouches, which are much lighter weight, of course, than cans. Those are great options as well. And of course, she says cheese. <laughs> she, she brings cheese too. And I have to agree, is the backpacker's friend. A good hard cheese, an aged cheese, will keep out of refrigeration, particularly if you intend to consume the entire thing on the trail. You know, couple days, three days, um, four days. It's it's just fine. It's not going to make you sick, as she confirms. Those are certainly all really lovely, very simple things. For everyone out there who has lots of fresh vegetables on hand, if you have a garden and you're looking to use up your garden produce, but you don't want to carry around things that, of course, have a lot of water weight, there's a recipe I'm going to share for marinated vegetable chips. This is perfect for your garden carrots, zucchini, tomatoes, peeled cucumbers, eggplant, um, any of those other summer squash, patty pan squash, which I have in abundance. And basically it turns all of those delicious, fresh, healthy veggies into a chip. Of course, you can also do this with kale. Kale chips have become super popular over the past few years. And this recipe is from Backpack Gourmet by Linda Frederick Yaffe. It ran in the July 1st, 2009 edition of the Mail Tribune. And it calls for a half cup of vinegar, salt and pepper to taste, minced fresh herbs to taste. There's those herbs again. And unpeeled carrots, zucchini, tomatoes, peeled cucumbers, any combination, washed and sliced as thinly as possible doesn't give a exact weight for these. I think it's just more what kind of what you can fit in the marinade. This is going to be dehydrated in a food dehydrator. So time to dust that thing off. Maybe you already are in this kind of heat. Anyone who's a gardener and a home food preserver certainly should have already kind of broken out their dehydrator by now instead of traditional type canning in this weather. My oven happens to have a dehydrate setting that I have also had some good success with. Some newer oven models may certainly have that, particularly if they have a a digital programmable display. So it starts by combining in a large shallow glass or pottery dish, the half cup of vinegar, salt and pepper to taste, and minced fresh herbs to taste. Be generous with herbs. I mean, I, I think a a quarter cup of fresh chopped herbs is not in excess. Add the sliced vegetables and set aside to marinate for five minutes. This isn't a long marinade. You're just trying to give them a little sort of coating of of salt, essentially pepper, herbs, and, and the vinegar. Drain them in a colander and place them on uncovered oiled mesh dehydrator trays. That's important so they don't stick. Dehydrate at 145 degrees Fahrenheit. There's this setting, obviously, that displays temperature on dehydrators for three to five hours or until crisp. You want them to be crisp, not leathery. So one of the kind of two defining factors of dehydrated food. Turn them once during dehydrating. Those are my thoughts on 
backpacking fair. You can read Jan's column if you didn't see that in the August 8th edition of the Mail Tribune Tips for Good Eating on the Trail at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. And my blog is also in in the same area of the website, www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle, the hyphen whole hyphen dish.